Isn't that good news? It says a perfect salvation because you know we're waiting for him to come back again. That we will be forever changed to be like him. Let us turn to our God for another word of prayer. Lord, we come just thanking you, God, for your grace and your mercy. We open up our hearts to receive your word. Minister to us, Lord, your people. Speak now, God, for your servants. Our listening is our prayer. Amen. As we continue on in this Lent season, focusing on following Jesus. To tell your neighbor, follow him. And so as we follow him, I want to highlight on this morning that when we follow him, we will become his disciples. Because whoever you're following, that's who's teaching you. Watch out somebody. So be careful of the habits you may pick up. Because some of them you are trying to kick even to this day from some people we follow too closely. But if we stick closer to our Lord and our Savior, we'll be picking up habits that we won't want to kick, but we'll like to embrace and that others will want to follow as well. Turning to the gospel according to John, looking at this first chapter, looking at verses 35 to 51, which was our morning reading this morning, I want to highlight, if you will, looking at verse 43. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. This part of this text I lifted up because it is at the center of these two, of these two passages of when Jesus called. The two, the two disciples that followed after him that were following John and then the next day, he finds somebody else in Galilee and tells him to come and follow me. Also, this highlights, too, what the two previously did earlier the, the day, that they came and followed him. And how much more, too, we need to answer the call and follow after him. Help me, preachers, tell you never you need to follow Jesus. And so in this text, we see John along with his two disciples. Y'all with me here? And it says that, Again, he sees Jesus, and something gripped him again that he says, Behold, look, the Lamb of God. If you look earlier, he says that when he sees Jesus. Talking about when he baptized him, says, Behold, the Lamb of God who does what? Who takes away the sins of the world. I, I like it. He starts feeling good about himself. In verse 30, he says, This is the one I was telling you about. Y'all see that there? He's saying, this is the one I was talking about when I said a man will come after me, but he is greater than I am because he was living before me. It shows to us here that John has been teaching, been proclaiming this great ministry of Jesus to come because Jesus even said that he was the one to prepare the way. I want to help somebody out there where I'm going here that some of us have some people preparing our hearts. To receive Jesus. Mothers and fathers are trying to prepare children how to receive Christ by bringing them to church. We know that children don't like to wake up early in the morning for school, let alone do they like to wake up early in the morning for church. 
And how much more we need to instill upon them that they need to come because they need to draw closer to Jesus. The hymn says, just a closer walk with thee. That we need to draw closer to him. James said, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto thee. Uh, All I'm trying to tell you is just just get a little closer. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, get a little closer. Uh, think about it. I, I was talking with somebody and they was wet, letting me know about those good old uh, 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 hot stove furnaces they had in the house back in the day. And she said that how when you heated that house, that, that stove up, it got so warm that you get closer that you had to, it, it get too hot to you that you had to get away. And she said once you got away, you would feel warm enough for a little while, but as it got away from you, you had to get right back closer to that stove. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? And they know what I'm talking about for the, for the younger kids such as myself. I, I'm unaware of this, but that's like how you have to get closer to the fire. But in their house, the house was warm enough with that furnace in there. But when they got cold, they had to get closer to that furnace. Someone else, she says this, that they will put a skirt around that you could put your feet under and, and warm up your feet. All I'm trying to point out that Jesus is just like that stove. That in order for you to get warm, you got to get closer to him. Am I talking to somebody here that, that you might get away from him when the further you get away from the colder you get. But the closer you start feeling the warmth and you get a little bit closer and you start getting warmer and you start getting warmer. And, and if I'm talking to somebody, you know what I'm talking about. That when you get so cold that you don't want to leave till you warm yourself up. <laughs> Can I help you out that Jesus will warm you up? So much so that you don't want to go anywhere else, realize it's better here <laughs> than anywhere else. And so we've seen here, John, seeing that there he is, the one I've been telling you about. Look what they did. They left him just to get closer. They said, I got to get close to see who you're talking about. So they're following Jesus. Jesus looks back behind them and says, look, look what he says. He didn't say, why are you following me? He didn't say, are you lost? He asked, what do you want? And the reply was, where are you staying? Y'all catch that? They, 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 they wanted to know where he was going so that they could be there also. Let me jump ahead. You know, we say it all the time at funerals. But in that good old text in John, it says what? In my father's house are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you that when I come back, I can take you. And so before he even left this earth, while he was still here, they want to know where he was. Because they wanted to be there. Let me help somebody out. That we need to look at our lives and ask, Jesus, are you here? While you are yelling, arguing, fighting, is he in this place? Why are we out at night doing at night things? Hello, somebody. Is he in this place? We need to realize while I'm on the phone, texting, Facebook, Skyping, whatever with my friends, is he here, here in this place? Because if we realize and start reflecting it, when, that he is present and he sees all things, it might change. Hello, somebody. What we will be doing at that moment and at that time. But we know how it goes out of, out of sight, out of mind. And since we don't behold him and see him tangibly, that we oftentimes forget that he's here anyway. But we see these two disciples said, I want to know him. 
So their life up to this point was leading them to follow John, who was preparing their hearts to follow Jesus. And, he, and you can look and say John did a good job because when he showed up, they were prepared to follow him. Y'all see that? They were prepared to follow him and that they knew what they wanted. They wanted to know where he was. And it says that they did what? They stayed with him that afternoon. New Living Translation points out how that hour that it was around four o'clock in the afternoon. And so they stayed with him, but also it suggests to us here that one of them left when he found out where he was to go tell somebody else so they too could know where to find him. And we find out that to be Andrew going to tell his brother, Simon, known as Cephas or Peter. Both be translating meaning rock. We are familiar with this when Christ was talking to him upon this rock. I will build my church. We letting him know that Peter was going to be a forefront leader in this great troop of this gospel. But look who came to get Peter first. Hello, somebody. Now his brother went to go tell him we found him. We found him. Who did we find? We found the Messiah, the anointed one, Messiah, Jesus Christ. Can that be somebody else's testimony here this morning that you go tell somebody and say, I found him? <laughs> I discovered him for myself. I found the Lord and he has saved me. I want you to know him too. Andrew got so excited and said, this is what we've been waiting for. This is whom we've been searching for. And we found him. I know where he is. I'll take you to see him. And upon Andrew going to get Simon to meet Jesus, Jesus lets him know that no longer will you be known as Simon, son of Jonah, but I will call you Cephas, Aramaric, or as we know it in the Greek, as Peter or Petros, rock. And so not only did Andrew change his direction in following, but also Peter's whole purpose changed. Can I drive this home? That when you come to see Jesus for yourself, not only will your life direction change, but also your purpose changes. You went living with one purpose and one direction, but once you find the almighty Lord, Redeemer, Messiah, Savior, Horn of Salvation, Himself, the bright and the morning star, that things start changing in your life, that no longer do you walk this way, but you walk Christ's way. It's amazing how it changed. Look, look, look how it is that they left everything that they were doing to follow him. And they stayed with him. Tell your neighbor to sit and be still. We sing it, we sing it in a song, and we see it in the song, Better is one day in the house of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day. No, it says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. To the house of a donkey, you know me. I, 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 I may not be all the way in, but I'm part of the house. Hello. <laughs> I, I'd rather be a doorkeeper than spend a, a spend eternity and thousands of days in a tent of the wickedness. We need to check it again. Remember, we asked, "Is the Lord there?" That when we are in the tent of the wicked, we know the Lord is not there. But why is it that we are stuck here? Why is it that we dwell with those who dwell in un un wickedness and live in darkness when we know and we desire to be in the light? 
Jesus says that he came, he is the light of the world, but the dark refused to accept him because they were ashamed of their wickedness, that they did not want it to be brought to light. Hello, somebody. We ought to realize that, Lord, I want everything brought to light so we can see and fulfill our purpose. So this one day with the Lord was so good, Andrew had to make sure that Simon was a part of this. Can you not do the same for somebody? Let them know that my day with the Lord is better than the other day. Let me tell somebody else. Right now, right now, while it's on your mind, you need to write down that name who you need to go tell about the Lord and say, because you know, you know right now, if you do not tell them, they are destined to have a destination in hell. But yet you can change their eternal destination by pointing them to the eternal light of salvation. Write that name. Because just as God has changed your life, he can change theirs. Just as Andrew was able to share with his brother, you could, change with your, you could share with your brother and your sister and allow the Lord to change their direction and their purpose as well. But look how change continue on. The next day, he leaves and goes and finds Philip. And Philip is from the same place beside uh, uh, as Andrew and Peter's hometown. And, and Philip goes look for Nathaniel. And he tells him, too, that I found him. But before Philip goes tell Nathaniel, what? Jesus looks at him. Jesus looks at him and tells him to come follow me. As I look at this, you know, we talked about it last week, and in the Gospel of Matthew says that when he called uh, 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 Peter and Andrew, James and John, they were fishing. They were doing something. And he says, come, follow me. But when you look here, they said the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. It doesn't say what Philip was doing. It doesn't say what he was doing, does it? So we don't know what he was doing, but we do know this. He was not following him. I'm here to let you know that if you're not following Jesus, you're up to nothing. <laughs> but if you're following Jesus, tell your neighbor you're doing something. <laughs> and so he's saying that I, I, I see where you are right now, but you don't have to stay here. But you can let a change happen in your life. And so Philip got a glimpse of this change, and he says, you know what? I found him. Look at both of the replies. Both of them, once they were heard a call from Jesus and met him, they had to go tell somebody else, I have found him. So my question is to you, what are you looking for? Because if you are still looking for what you're looking for, then you must not have found him. Mm, mm, mm. 23rd Psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. New Living Translation put it this way, the Lord is my shepherd, I am not in need. Kurt Franklin brought it out, you know, I know what you're looking for. Because of what you need, God got it. <laughs> He's pointing out that I know what you're looking for, and what you're looking for is Jesus. We see here that when they found what they were looking for, they found out that everything has been settled, everything has been done. Let me go tell somebody else how they too can be made whole and complete with Jesus. So we too need to realize as Philip that we need to respond to his call command of come. Y'all see that there? He says, come and follow me. When you look earlier, when, he, when the two disciples with with 
John, that followed after Jesus, he tells them, come and see. Both of them were instructed to come. One, look at, look at closely here, the other two were already following, so you didn't have to say that. They already knew what they wanted to do. They wanted to follow Jesus. Now he says, come. <laughs> he gave them permission to continue follow him and see. And look again, he gives permission to Philip to come and directions to follow me. Let me help somebody out. That Jesus chose us. Not the other way around. He chose us and has given us permission to come in. Let me help somebody out. Now, when people knock on your door, they may have come to your house, but you get to choose to welcome them in. They have come, and Jesus says, I will welcome you to follow me. Hello, somebody. I'm so glad that Jesus realized that you desire to have a better life. You desire to have peace. You desire to have joy and that more abundantly. Well, I will give it to you. You are welcome to what I have. Same situation that when we go to a hotel, they open up their rooms and everything they have into you, but it's for a price. You can have everything you want in that refrigerator, but they will charge you when they take inventory. They, they will let you take all their towels, their bathrobes, but later on, that's why they keep that credit card number. Later on, when you get another charge. And you wonder where it came from, now you know. But Jesus will let you come on in. And there's no charge. Everything he has is yours. So once we follow him, he lets you know this power I have is yours. This peace I have is yours. This joy I have is yours. Now, he, he lets them know that you're going to have all this good stuff, but hold up. Wait a minute. Let me tell you something. That also this suffering. It's yours. <laughs> this ridicule, it's yours. But don't be discouraged because blessed is he who is persecuted for my namesake. For greater is his reward in heaven. Let me help somebody out about what this great reward is because we get caught up looking at big numbers. We see the big lotto numbers. Oh, that's a great reward. We look at winning a car at the paradise. That's a great reward. But let me tell you that my God can do exceedingly above what we can think or even imagine. Hello, somebody. According to the power that's within us, hello somebody, that this great power, this same power that rose Christ up from the grave is that same power, that same power that, that had Peter and Jesus or walking on water, that same power, the same power that had Daniel uh, in the lion's den laughing at the lions, so that same power, the same power that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not get burned, did not smell like smoke, scorched or nothing, sitting in the fire, that same power, the same power to have them walking on dry land through the Red Sea, that same power that shook the earth in afternoon while he's on the cross. The, the grave came open. The sun refused to shine. But early that third day morning, he got up. That same power. And so Jesus letting us just come follow me. <laughs> and you can pick up what I have for you. And so we see here that on that first day they stayed with them, the next day it got even sweeter. Is that the same for you? That each day as the song says, sweeter than the day before. That, that first day they met him 
And then they follow him. They left their, where they were to go further. And look how Philip goes and tells Nathaniel. We see it here in verse 47. As they approach Jesus, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Look what Jesus says to this man who, when he was told, I found Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, he questioned and said, could anything good come from Nazareth? This same one was the one that doubted Jesus and who he was, so that when he came, he had some skeptic, he had some, he had some, some, uh, some doubt, and he was a skeptic of who is this man from Nazareth? Does anything good come from Nazareth? Meaning that all, in my, all of my study and all of my learning, I haven't heard about Nazareth. I, I heard of Bethlehem. I heard of, of Judah. I heard of all these other major cities and tribes, but Nazareth? Can anything good come from this place? Well, look how Jesus responds to him. Here is a genuine son of Israel, a man complete of integrity. Well, now Nathaniel's feeling good about himself. Oh, how you know about me? My reputation precedes itself. Yes, I'm a great man of Israel. You got that right. A man of integrity. Ha <laughs> ha. You got that right. You, how do you know who I am? Look what Jesus says. I could see you. Under the fig tree before Philip found you. Y'all catch that? He thought Philip discovered him. Y'all see that? Look at the order. Look at the order. Look at the order. Jesus told Philip, come follow me, which sparked Philip to go tell Nathaniel. Let me, let me, let me drive this home to somebody. Anybody here told somebody else about Jesus? But if Jesus have not called you, you are not a call. Somebody else. Paul said it this way, and I know this, that the Lord works out the good of those who are loving a call. And call according to his purpose. He called Philip, and Philip called on Nathaniel. But it was all by God's design because he saw Philip, and he also saw Nathaniel. And he said, I know how to get to him. Somebody here realized many people try to reach you, but God knew the right person to send there right there in your life to help you see the light because everybody else kept on telling you, but you did not believe them. But when somebody else showed up and told you something, you said, you know what, I'll, I'll trust what you're saying. I can say it in my life that many times my mom and my dad would tell me how to act when I go outside, but it took a long time to the, my principal, Adrian Hill, will continue to tell me the same thing my mom and my daddy told me. And I said, I'm glad God put him in my life. Because if he was not in my life, there's a lot of things I would have continued to do in my education. Think about it here, that Jesus knew that Nathaniel knew the word and knew about Israel. Because look what Philip tells him, I found the one of the law. It shows him that he knew the scriptures, he knew the text, but yet he needed a little bit something more. Anybody here been there before you need just a little bit more? You, you was almost there, but you weren't all the way there, but somebody had to give you a nudge. Help me, I'll just push somebody on the shoulder and say, go on, get a little bit closer. <laughs> and so he got that nudge to go and get a little bit closer to Jesus. And look how 
he replied, was Jesus sold to him that I know more than you can ever think about? Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. You see how his testimony changed? He went from being Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth, to being the son of God, the king of Israel. And look how Jesus responds to him. Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? Look what he says this. He, he, he helps him out. So I, it seems like a total request because he knows the answer. He says, I, I won't trouble you to answer. I'm going to keep on talking. <laughs> you will see what? Greater things than this. I tell you the truth. You will have seen heaven open and an angel of God going up and down on the Son of Man. The one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. What I want us to grab here about following our Lord and Savior. He's pointing out to us that you can start with me here, but I can take you there. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Means he began our faith and he is the totality of our faith. And so he's pointing out to them that you're starting with me here, but you will see greater things. Tell you now, you'll see greater things. And look at the greater things that he said you'll see. You'll see the angels ascend. If you look at this gospel of John, and then you look at the beginning of Acts, you see the angels go up with Jesus on a cloud. And it says all of the disciples were there. Y'all see that? So he says, I already know how I'm going to defeat death. Rise from the grave, spend some 40 days with you, ascend up to heaven to present you to the Father as your true king, and I will pour out the Holy Spirit to you in power, but I want to let you know that you thought this was great, that I saw you under a tree. You're going to see greater things. What greater things I'm going to see, Lord? You're going to see the power to overcome sin and death. Hello, somebody. That some of us are walking around feeling defeated because we can't overcome addictions and, 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 and problems within our marriage and our families and our economy. But Jesus is letting us know that I can do greater things. He can do greater things. We are, we are in debate of who we need to put back into office, scared of who can get us out of this debt. But tell your neighbor, Jesus can do greater things. We are scared of who we might put into office because we might lose Social Security or medical benefits. But tell your neighbor, Jesus can do greater things. What are these greater things that he can do? Well, if you're scared about the economy, realize he got the whole world in his hands. If you're scared about sickness and death, he made the blind to see, the lame to walk. If you're scared of who's in control, just remind yourself he's the king of kings, lord of lords, and host of hosts. So who dares stand before the Lord? So all I got to do is just follow him. <laughs> And so as I get closer to him, look what's going to happen. I'll see greater things because he'll remove the veil from my eyes. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. As I get closer, I start realizing that I am stronger with him than I am without him. And so let us truly become his disciples and let us see that what we are doing 
Is it drawing me closer to him or is it pushing me away from him? And how the saying goes that many of us need to push away from the table. And we have to push away from the table because sometimes we're hurting ourselves and helping ourselves. Same thing we're doing with the world. We need to push ourselves away from the world. That we need to turn off our TVs. We need to, to open up our word. We need to shut down the computer and our phones. And we need to bend our knees. We need to make appointments for ourselves. And Lord, I want to be closer with you than I want to be with this world. Because the reason why we have become cold and we become insensitive and we become more spiteful and anger and jealous because we have more of the world in us than him. And so we need to spew this out. I'm going to close with this, and I hope, hope everybody uh, can follow me here, but many of us know that when you go to the doctor and they got to do some different scopes and all that stuff with you, that they give you something to drink, and they tell you stuff you cannot eat because they want to make sure that your body is pure enough that it can have everything go through that they want so they can highlight and so they can see what's wrong with you. Hell, let me help somebody out. That we need to realize that God is not trying to punish us or hurt us. He's only trying to help us by giving us the, di the diet and the medicine we need so he can diagnose the problem. Let me help somebody out. That many of us realize that when you change it from a doctor, they got to go through the old files and find out. If not, they got to ask you a whole lot of questions to find out. Are you a diabetic? I already told my old doctor all this mess. He said, but you got to answer because they don't know everything. But can I tell you about a doctor? That knows everything. And he already knows the problem and he has the prescription. And he doesn't ask you which pharmacy you use because you already got to provide it. Hello, somebody. <laughs> you, know, you don't, you don't got to go anywhere. I got what you need. Uh, you need joy? I got it. You need peace? I got it. I got it right here. So just come and follow me and be my disciple. And once you learn more about him, you'll be able to tell somebody else what? More about him. And as you learn more, you, you will each go and get and reach more. I ask you to write down that name. I ask you to write down that name that you need to share. You need to tell about the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're going to pray for that name right now. And then we're going to pray, Lord, help me to be more bold and tell other people about this. Let us bow our heads. Lord, we come right now. We lift up these names to you right now, O oh God. And Father, Lord, we see them. We thank you, Lord, that we've seen them. We've called out to them, but you've seen them before we saw them, Lord. And Lord, we just pray for their hearts. We pray, God, that you'll give us wisdom and guidance how we can be a better witness to them. That, Lord, that we don't rest on our words, but we rest on your words. That we don't rest on what we might be able to do, but we just rest on what you will do. And that, Lord, that you will guide us and direct us how we could be a better witness. Be a better follower. Be a better disciple of you, almighty God. And the Lord, we pray. We pray that we will be able to plant a seed there, O oh God. Or we might be watering, almighty God. That we will, we will just do our due diligence. And, Lord, we know you'll take care of the rest. But, Lord, we pray that they will repent. And come to know you as their Lord and Savior. For you desire that no man shall perish, but all come to repentance. And so, Father, Lord, that's our prayer too, O oh God. 
that, Lord, we pray that we will be a, a witness as you, God, that we will follow after you, that we will go tell others about the goodness that we have found in you and tell them the joy we have found in you and realize that you will show us greater things, Almighty God, than we ever seen before by, by, by us just simply trusting in you. So, Lord, we thank you that better is one day with you than a thousand elsewhere. We thank you, Lord, that you are real and we can experience you for ourselves and not based on somebody else's testimony. But we know you are real. And we will share that with somebody else that they cannot just go by our testimony, but they can have a testimony of their own by us telling them the realness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On all God's children said, amen, amen, amen. May we stand, let we stand the hand of the disciples.